Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Oh, good evening again, everyone. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone. Um, Leo Battenhausen. Hi, I'm John Kelly. Welcome, welcome on. Glad to have you back. Well, we have a lot of stuff going on in the news this week, John, and for this show. And um, uh, we really want to—I want to stress the connection here. Uh, we're going to talk about first the uh, the Ariana Taylor uh, brutalization. This was the uh, 15-year-old girl who was. Uh, beat senselessly at a McDonald's in Brooklyn by the main culprit, Talana Marshall. Okay, Talani Marshall was the main gang leader in that, that crime. And uh, then we're going to move on to the original Craigslist killer. His name is Michael Anderson. Where do you hear about this this guy? And uh, finally, we're going to get to the Internet Slave Master, also known as the Steel Can Killer, John Robinson. So we got a lot to talk about, but most importantly here, these are all social side related crimes, okay? And what I mean by that is that none of these crimes, none of these crimes would have happened or would have occurred without the use of some form of technology. And that's something we all need to really be aware of. And we're going to link these, these things together. But so we're going to start off with uh, this Brooklyn massacre. Okay, John, you hear about you heard about this in the news. I'm sure oh, everybody has a, by now. Horrible, horrible. This little girl, you know, she really got pummeled. She got I, pummeled, to say the least. She got two black eyes. She was kicked, stomped, punched, beaten. You know, by by eight to ten people, John. Yeah, and a broken nose as well. Eight to ten people, okay, in the McDonald's in downtown Brooklyn. Now, something was – there was some gang involvement in this case from what I understand. And this 15-year-old Ariana Taylor, um, from what I what I hear – I'm not really clear on this, but somehow she disrespected um, Talani Marshall. Now, I, I don't get this whole disrespected stuff, but, I mean, we'll get – let's look at, talk about disrespecting what they did to the to the victim – but this something happened on, on social media where she was disrespected. So this girl had it out for Ariana for some time, and she got a tip off. This is just the beginning of how social media has uh, influenced this case. But somehow she got tipped off as to where this girl's where where she was going to be at that certain time in Brooklyn that day because she'd been looking for her for some time. Okay, so there's where that started. But the real crime in this case, John. The real crime in this case, which is Social Side 101, and there's a chapter about this in that in my book. Their room was filled with customers and you know onlookers that filmed this young girl on their cell phones getting slaughtered to almost to death. Okay, yeah. nobody did a thing, and, and that's the biggest of the crimes, in my opinion. Here, what the hell is going on? When we need to, we need to film somebody instead of helping possibly save their life. Yeah, we got, I, I, I'll tell you something. I mean, we, we picked this up, at least the piece I picked up. I picked it up from the Daily News and yes. kudos to the Daily News and very, very good reporting. This girl was in the middle of it with at least four to eight other girls. I don't, I don't think anybody's sure exactly on how many other girls that this 
young petite girl was fighting, but she was fighting them off. And everybody was around. There were people, as you said, videoing this slaughter taking place. And you had these adults there as well. Nobody jumped in to break it up. Nobody called the cops. Eventually, the cops were called. And guess what? They weren't called supposedly by McDonald's. And this is going on inside of McDonald's. It's like somebody somewhere felt sorry and called the police. The police don't arrive there for quite a while. And you have this melee going on, and this girl finally ending up unconscious and stomped on the floor and being told she was a bitch. Somebody even uh, called out, this was in one of the reports too, called out jokingly, the bitch is dead, she gone. Yeah, 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 (laughs) she could have been killed, yeah. Well, she was near, I would imagine, I mean, this is a tough little girl, but that's another story. I don't know how innocent she is, but still, nobody deserves this. And, you know, the right people, you know, like I said, in, in social side, I've interviewed police officers in my practice. They tell me the same story about this type of behavior where crimes are committed. The cops are trying to get people cleared out of the way, and people are standing there filming it. You know, what, whoever gets the best... um you know, a viral, viral, violent video of the day posted first, I guess, wins the prize. But this is how it's going today. And this is what feeds our society today. The, the, the more vulgar and vulgar and vile, the better. We're sucking it up. We, and nobody sticks, sticks, sticks their nose into a, somebody's business to try to help them uh, get out of a situation, not even adults. Now, I have a question for you. Can they sell these videos? Not is that, really. Is, is it is it just for fame on the internet, or can they make a dollar on it? John, it's it's really just for fame on the internet because you know the more people that get the, the, the first one that gets it on there, and the more views and likes they get, that's actually that stimulates up uh, the endorphins in someone's mind. And I'm doing some research, which we could talk about at another time, uh, about uh, social net social media addiction. And the more attention we draw to ourselves, because all of our posts on social media are usually eighty percent about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more stimulation and attention we get, the more endorphins go flying out the window in our head. That's no why kidding. I didn't get that. That's okay, yeah. true. Yeah, that's been compared. That's interesting. Yeah. It's been compared to, you know, a cocaine high. Wow. Okay, in a lot of ways. So this is why you see kids, you know, 24 hours a day texting, texting, texting. What are they texting? They're feeding an addiction, but that's a whole other story. So, but that's what's going on, and that's what's eroding society today. And now here we're seeing another case of you know, a public, a, a public lashing of cruelty, and no one's stepping in to do anything about it. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse. Us. It's only going to get worse, John. We're, we, this is already happening across the board. You know, I'm not, I'm not speaking to any, ter- to any particular race, religion, or, or, or population. It's everywhere. We want to be the first to get the, the sickness on film instead of being part of the solution. And yeah, and we need we need to do a show on this just exactly on what you're saying because it sounds so interesting. I know you've written about it. And I know you have a book out on it, a great book, Social Side. Bottom line, from what you're talking about, the stimulation of the neurotransmitters and the endorphins, 
by uh, all this Internet activity and posting and looking at oneself, I think it's extremely important to get this addiction out on the table. Bring, bring it out into, into the light. Bring it out from the cover of darkness. Well, and then that's what we, we absolutely need to do because social side is exploding. It's just exploding everywhere, and we're going to see more and more of this horrible, horrible behavior. You know, and these are kids. You know, um, just as kids, it's funny. Uh, uh, the New York police commissioner, William Bratton, said that this type of behavior is, quote unquote, not acceptable in our society. No kidding. No kidding. Then why don't we start doing something about it? And that's what needs to happen. These are, this is because of the erosion of self and the erosion of consciousness and the erosion of being a real person is being taken away and eaten away by uh, computer technology and social media, and I stand on that, and we're going to see more of it until we get something done about it. Very yeah, scary. This girl, and this girl, Leo, she took this beating on Monday, so she goes to the hospital Monday night. She gets out Tuesday. Wednesday, she goes home. She collapses at home, okay? Mm-hmm. Off she goes to SUNY Medical Center, and then she gets out from there. What's so interesting to me is you know that the best way to deal with this is through parenting. It all starts at home. It all, all this starts at home. Well, this girl refused to talk to the cops. As badly beaten as she was, she refused to talk to the cops. And she pretty much followed the rule, the street rule, no snitching. No snitching is the street rule. What I found very interesting, the mother backed her up on it, and the mother wouldn't talk to the cops either because both of them were afraid that there would be retaliation from a certain gang. Absolutely. So, 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 I mean – what are we dealing with here? What is going on here? But that, that is a reality, John. I don't, I really don't blame these two for not cooperating because that gang mentality, that's a reality. You know it and I know it. You know, if this girl would have spilled the beans on somebody, there would have been retribution. There would have been retribution and it could have cost her life and her mother's life. But I, you know, I don't know how old her mom is. She could be a young, a young mother. Who also was raised in, in this t- social, social media technology world. She probably is because the girl's only 15. So the mom could, the mom could feasibly be 30, you know, maybe a little older. So she was raised on this stuff too. So, but you're right. She refused to talk. Now the other part, the, 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 the main perpetrator here, this, um, t- Tilani, Tilani Marshall, she had a record, John, a mile long. Yeah, she had a long record. She yes. had a record of she beat her grandmother up. She's, yep. uh, she was fighting a, a police officer. She's been known to be a thief. She's been known to be assaultive. And nothing was ever done to her. They kept letting her out because of her age. Yeah, the well, grandmother got an order of protection against her. Yeah, yeah she did. This is no, we're talking about a really dangerous, uh, personality here who has no, no self-control and uh, no filter and doesn't care what she does. Maybe she's even killed someone. I don't know. I'm just, that's not a fact. I'm just saying we don't know, but, um, we need to really be aware of that this, this, this record of hers was not pretty. Well, there's supposed links. To a gang called the Young Savages over in that area. 
of New York, and they're and and they're supposed to be a very very violent Brooklyn gang. So okay. the young savages, you know, obviously have a certain amount of uh, control and influence uh, through fear uh, on a lot of the population over there. You know what's really wild here? Tell a me. Com- a community leader came forward on Wednesday, and he called for this young girl that got beaten to mm-hmm. come forward and to press charges on the girls that attacked her. Quoting, we have asked the young lady not to be afraid. We will stand with her. Now, how is anybody going to stand with this young girl against a very, very violent street gang? You know, this is, this is something that gets me. I mean, how long is she going to be under any kind of protective custody? She's only 15 years old. That's that's That's, true. You know, so, so she's not going to snitch. She, her and her mother, you know, they're street smart as well. You know, they know what the deal is. Mm -hmm, These guys, these guys, for whatever reasons, have their own agendas and they're going to stand up and say, we need to stick together and we're going to stand by you. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, they're not coming home with you and sitting around your house with a pistol or a rifle or, you know, uh, watching the windows and the doors to protect you. You're going to be on your own. Yes, she will. And, and that's a very good point. But they, 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 somehow somebody's charging this, this these girl. Actually, there's two girls that are being charged as adults. OK, and they're chasing, they're facing robbery uh, charges, gang assault charges. And um, uh, I think there's another a couple of uh, criminal contempt, another charge. Now, what's that going to render them, though? Parole? I mean, probation? <laughs> what are they going to get? A $500 fine yeah. and probation? Yeah, you're That's... probably you're probably going to see probation at the, as the max. Of course. Here. And what good is that going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so that brings on another another problem within the system of, you know, the system of consequences, which we call our, our law, which probably needs to be really revamped. But to, to fight against these gangs and, and the destructive nature and the the, the, the terror, they who's running the streets? You know, well, when that's a good question. That's, right. a per- that's a perfect question. You know, the you know the the same community leaders that said for this girl to come forward and press charges and that they would stand by her, they also said to the attackers, they said, "You need to come forward. We know who you are, and save the taxpayers' money." Now, do you think these? People that attacked this young girl are concerned about coming forward, admitting to these acts of violence because they're concerned about the taxpayers spending money to, uh, with the police to have them arrested. I mean, some of this stuff is like off the wall. <laughs> I have to laugh. You can't, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. <laughs> right. Like that, what an intelligence we're seeing here. What kind of statement is that come forward? Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me, let me try to say the taxpayers money. Yeah. Let me turn myself in. Yeah. 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 Let me go well, to jail. You know, we'll say the taxpayers a couple of bucks. You know, the video that you're talking about that was put online, Leo. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're talking about this was, this, this video was put online by somebody of her getting pummeled. Leo, in one day, the first day it was seen 25,000 times. This is what fuels America's interest, John. We gotta see this stuff. We want it. We eat it. We digest it. We seek it. That's why everybody was filming it instead of trying to stop it. What the hell is wrong with this country? When does it end? Yeah, post when does it Facebook. end? Yeah. yeah, get it on there so we can all see it. But the real our irony of this whole thing is the victim, the 15-year-old girl, is posting on her Facebook now that she's a celebrity. Look at me. I, look, I survived the beating. I'm on the New York Daily News. I'm on the New York Times <laughs> front page. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier in the broadcast. Well, right. Sure. She's, yeah, got, she's, she's getting addicted. She's addicted. She's getting her endorphins and uh, brain chemicals stimulated through seeing herself on... Uh, on Facebook or on the Internet or wherever. I mean, uh, but go ahead. You were talking about that. Yeah, no, and there, you're right, and that's it. But here she is, you know, posting what a hero, uh, or not even a hero, what a celebrity she is, you know, and now it's uh, it's all good. And, you know, look at me, look at me, and I'm sure she's flying high on that and um, and just enjoying all this attention. But she won't talk to the police. So, let, let, you know, <laughs> the mentality, too, we see here in society these days. It's it's just horrendous. It's completely horrendous, and things will not change until we start making things change. You know, this was a savage, savage attack. I I anybody who did nothing about it should be ashamed of themselves. And um, I'm, I'm more lucky this girl didn't die. There was no death involved. But if you're going to film people suffering and torture instead of doing something about it, you really, really need to get your head checked out. Because there's something very wrong with that. And then speaking of savages, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back to a case from Savage, Minnesota, which I think will interest you, the original <laughs> Craigslist killer. Yeah, it's got we'll some piece of work. Yeah, so stand by and stick around. We'll be back in a few minutes. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath is right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. All right, welcome back, everybody. 
Uh, this is Crime and Reason. I'm Leo Battenhausen here with my partner in crime, John Kelly. How do you and, do? Uh, how do you do? Hope you're having a good uh, Wednesday night. Hope you had a happy St. Patrick's Day. And um, we're working towards Friday. Now, like I said before, we're going to uh, Savage, Minnesota here. And we're going to talk about who was uh, the original Craigslist killer. I think we've all heard about the other Craigslist killer who was uh, finding escorts online and you know killing and robbing them this this is this happened uh, be, well before that um the murder occurred in, in October of 2007 and the perpetrator's name the, the murderer's name is Michael John Anderson okay and he is from Savage Minnesota believe it or not and as we said in the beginning of the show another connection that happened via the internet which resulted in the death of a 24-year-old girl. Her name was Ann Olson, Catherine Ann Olson. Okay, this guy, Michael Anderson, was posting on Craigslist. I think we talked about Craigslist last week, too. Mm-hmm. Just, just, yeah, we did, yeah. Right, we did. So he was posting on Craigslist as a, as a, a female, a mother, who was in need of a nanny, nanny services. So... He was, uh, and at the time he was 19 years old doing this, okay? And he was, uh, he got some responses, I guess. Nothing, I guess, was communicated via the phone, but he did find a woman who was interested and he had her come over to the house, which was Catherine Ann Olson, age 24, uh, daughter of a, uh, Lutheran pastor. And he gets her in the house and somehow, I guess, he gets her up into the bedroom. Maybe he was showing her around the house. Um, or he, or he just grabbed her and apprehended her and forced her upstairs and shot her in the back with a 357 Magnum. Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, this, this absolutely positively disgusts me. I mean, here's this girl who's just trying to make a couple of dollars. She's just trying to make a couple of bucks. Yeah. She's a family in need of a babysitter. So she comes over to the house. To, to apply for the job. Now she, you, you know how you are when you go to apply for a job. You want to be on your best behavior. You want to try and follow instructions. You want to be polite. You want to show the best of yourself. So put yourself in this girl's mind. This girl shows up at the house. She's trying to be on her best behavior because she's going to be responsible in her mind for taking care of an infant. This guy opens the door, lets her in. Now, she's expecting to see a woman. Yeah. So he probably t- he probably turns around and he says, well, yeah, my mother's upstairs with the baby. Come on up and you can take a look. Uh-huh. Walk- mm-hmm. that's, what, that's how he lures her. That's how he lures her up the steps because that's where the baby is, in the in the crib, in the bedroom. Where Come on up. So he follows her up the steps or she follows him up the steps. They get upstairs. She's looking to see where the baby is. He pulls out a 357 Magnum, a 357 Magnum. A cannon. A cannon and blows this girl away for absolutely positively no reason except that he wanted to see somebody killed because there is no motive they could come up with on this guy. That's true, John. He, he wanted to see what it felt like to kill somebody. Yeah. So he'll go, it goes onto the internet and, and trolls for a victim. 
I mean, this is another one of one of how many thousands of of cases where these these creeps, these savages, go on to the internet to find their prey. Okay, so here we have another you know internet connection uh, which resulted in a death. Now, would this have happened if there was no internet? I don't know. Probably not. How could he lure somebody in? You know, without that anonymous back, you know, that anonymous, uh, personality you can create for yourself online. Like if he was to call girls about uh, jobs or they called him, they'd get a guy on the phone and <laughs> it wouldn't work. So, but you know, mm-hmm. online you could be whoever you want. And this is breeding more and more of these psychos and sociopathic narcissists to do what they want to do because they feel like doing it. In this case, he wanted to see how it felt to kill somebody. You know, what kind of excuse is this? I just wanted to see what it was like. Well, let me get this girl over here, 24 years old. Uh, The world doesn't need her. Gone she goes. Did you get your thrill? I mean, I guess he got a high off of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Poor girl's laying dead. So he takes the body, throws it in the back of her car, abandons the car five blocks away from the house, which is where they eventually found her. And uh, the police then came to his house. I guess somehow they were tipped off to him or they were just doing a canvassing of the neighborhood. I'm not sure exactly how they pinned him, but they did find her blood in the house. So he became the number one suspect. He said, well, you know what? I was there, but my friend did it. Yeah, he thought, <laughs> and my friend thought it would yeah. be funny to kill yeah. somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. this is just what? Well, I guess we're not talking about the sharpest knife in any draw, number one, but certainly smart enough to make up a story on Craigslist, right? Bonus. And lure yeah. her in the house. Make up a story on Craigslist, get ready to shift the blame to his friend. You know, I mean, some kind of friend. You know, he calls this other guy his friend, and yeah. he's trying to put the blame on him for a murder. I mean, this, this, this guy is well, a very no sick friend, individual. Uh, no, there's no yeah, there was, friend there was here. No friend. This guy probably doesn't have any friends. Yeah, he probably, he made, he, I heard he was quite alone. He made it up. But the other part with this is, and this keeps coming back at me, Leo, we're seeing them younger and younger. And, and in my mind, this isn't, if he gets away with this, this is not his last. Okay. This is not I, his first and last. He goes on to kill more after this. So what we're looking at are these tech savvy budding serial killers that are, that a lot of them are very stupid. The, you know, the last yeah. one I'm going to talk about was pretty smart, but these two here or this guy here, they're pretty, you know, he's, he's not too bright. What's what's really interesting though, in, in doing the research on this 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 particular story, this girl had said that it was reported by her family to have had an uneasy feeling in her gut about this this person who's about to go meet, you know. But um, she showed up for the you know the the babysitting or nanny job, you know, and in a and it was in a really dilapidated house according to the reports in Savage. But she still went up to the door. You yeah, know? yeah. She, she was there to watch it. She was there to watch a kid from 10:30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, she's there to do the right thing to make a couple of dollars. She comes from a Christian family. Her father's a pastor. She has probably all good intentions, all goodwill. This guy wants to experience what it felt like to kill someone. Very similar 
going back again to the Green River killer, Gary Ridgway, when he stabbed that young boy that almost died when he was like 11 years old. He said, the kid said to him, the kid was six. The kid said to him, why did you kill me? Thank God the kid didn't die, but he thought he was mm-hmm. going to die. Gary Ridgway said, well, I want to see what it's like to kill somebody. That's is simple. That a, That's is, simple. Is that a thrill kill, John, would you say, or is this a budding serial killer, or can it be both? It's both. It's both. Uh, he got something out of this. He got his jollies off. He got some thrills out of shooting this girl in the back. But also it's a budding serial because if he did, you know, the best predictor, Leo, and you know as well as I know, a future behavior is past or present behavior. Of course. You know, so well, that's all guy, we have to rely on. Yeah. So if this guy has some past behavior of murder, that's the best predictor for his future behavior. Yeah. Yep, it, it, not that I know of, but here's another, here's another piece of this story. He got, he got arrested and he was put in jail in a million dollars bond. And, um, I think eventually he was, he was convicted to life in prison, okay, with no parole. But I think he's, he's appealed the case because according to his attorney, he was not allowed to present certain evidence, uh, regarding his having Asperger's syndrome. Okay, here yes. we go again with this, these ridiculous 25 cent diagnoses that right. absolutely mean nothing when it comes to mental illness. Right. right. Asperger's syndrome is, is not anything psychotic. This guy had the ability to plan and execute and calculate and get the job done that he wanted to get done. And Asperger's is just a, it's just it's a personality disorder like narcissism, and like a million others, that does not affect a person's judgment or knowing right from wrong. I so, know doctors that have Asperger's. Absolutely, <laughs> it's you, you know it's not an excuse. Apparently, the appeal didn't go through. Thank God, because that is just a bunch of crap. You know, and um, that just doesn't, it's not going to work to bring this, to, to even try. But these guys will try anything. Yeah, like they? Adam Lanza. Adam Lanza, one of his diagnoses was Asperger's syndrome. But this guy here, let me tell you something. I don't see any kind of psychotic break at all here. No. No, and even the prosecutors in this case, they brought in their own specialists and um, their own psychologists, and they rejected the whole conclusion of Asperger's syndrome. Good. You know. good. So, you know, it's good. a bunch of – of course it's good. And uh, so now let him sit and rot in a jail for the rest of his life for taking this poor girl's wife. And, you know, the, the father, the, 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 the pastor, the um, Lutheran pastor that he is, is trying very hard, and he uh, was reported to be praying to – for God to help give him the strength to forgive this monster. And that, that's a tough him. call. God bless him is right. You know, your poor daughter here. So, but here again, just to reiterate, more of this online stuff rearing its head. You know, I know this isn't the most current case. It was, it happened in 2007. He was convicted in 2009, finally. But this, it wasn't for technology. Where would this guy have found his victim? Or maybe he would have. Maybe he would have done something differently. But he got, I'm sure he got a thrill in Ohio over the whole manipulation process too. That's what these guys do, right? I mean, they, playing the game of calling him the, the kid Amy. I want to, I need a babysitter for my daughter Amy. You know, and just the whole, the whole 
the whole process of luring and and lying gives them gives them a high as well. The under the under the table or undercover stalk, like the peeping Tom that starts off looking in your window. Oh, I could see you, but you can't see me. Yeah, I know who I know who you are, but you don't know who I am. See, that's all part of this stalking ritual. You and, know? It's and now they're doing it online. They can stay undercover and stay concealed online. Well, that's the danger, is we don't know who we're talking to. And, and this here's another perfect case. Why this girl went walked up to that dilapidated house when she had a bad feeling in her stomach, we'll never know. It was well, she, she was doing the, trying to do the right thing for some, for yeah. some family that needed help with the baby. You know, yeah. look at look at the house she comes from. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but you know, good people run into evil. Yeah, they do, and you know that's why it's so important to be careful when we're talking to people online, and to keep your head straight, follow your gut instinct. You know, if something's if you feel something's not right, it probably isn't right. So you know, this is You're exactly. Right. And especially with online, because it's very easy to get sucked in, especially if we're being influenced by the social media ourselves, because then our defenses become down. If somebody shows extra interest in us, we're already sucking all that up, getting uh, our endorphins flying about it. So if we get some extra attention, that's what happens with a lot of these younger girls that the minor girls that, you know, get apprehended and, and by these pedophile men, they tell them what they want to hear. And these yeah, days and it's very easy to do because they're so full of themselves, these girls as it is, they get what they want to hear from these guys and they believe it. Yeah, perfect social side. This Absolutely. Is perfect example of social side. You've written about this and uh, it's just, just lay, it's all laid out. I just want to make a quick plug for the book, John. If anybody's interested in buying it, it can be bought at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Faithbooksandmore.com. So please, the social side, how America is loving itself to death, because we sure are. And I, I think it's a message that we all need to hear, if I do say so myself. So that's where we're at with that. So he's uh, sitting in locked up. John, now this, now this next case is a doozy, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I can't get over this guy. I mean, this guy, you know, is really some piece of work. And, uh. Um, Who is this? This is the, uh, the, 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 maybe we should take a break first so we can get to, to talk about him fully, huh? Yeah. A yeah there's about. a lot to talk about here and, uh, you don't want to miss this. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back and talk about this. Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties with both day and evening appointments available. 
Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for sticking around. Um, John is going to talk about, and we'll both talk about, the Internet Slave Master. Tell us about this this whack job, John, would you? Oh, man, I got I to gotta tell you, this guy is a real whack job, and he is complicated because this guy is not stupid. Like these other two we talked about, or this other fellow we especially talked about. This guy's got some brains. What's and his the, name? These are the scary kinds of guys that are out there. His name is John Edward Robinson. Okay. And he is from Kansas City, Kansas. And I have to tell you, this guy is picture perfect serial killer. He came from uh, an alcoholic family. His father was an alcoholic. His mother was very, very critical and abusive. So that already, you know, puts out a couple of risk factors or warning signs. He is what we would describe as a creature comfort killer with fetishes, okay? You know, when you first look at this guy and you see his name coming up under this BDSM stuff, I got to tell you, that's his fetish. The bondage is part of his fetish along with whatever else he did to these girls. But if you really take a close look at this guy, and that's why it took me so much time to really put this profile together on him. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy has been known as a con man, and I want to underline con man. He's been known as an embezzler. I want to underline embezzler. Kidnapper, we know. But also forger. Forger. Now, how many serial killers do you find that are embezzlers and forgers at the same time? So well, that's this guy, what stands out, doesn't it? You don't yeah. see that. No, you don't see it a lot. This guy is about the money. Now, this guy was found guilty of three homicides in 2003. He subsequently pleaded guilty to five. Why? And, and you know, the reason was that he didn't want any more death penalties. He was uh, given uh, the death penalty in Kansas, mm-hmm. but then he was also being prosecuted in Missouri, and he knew he was going to get hit with a death penalty in Missouri, so he decided to plead out and give up these five murders in order not to face the death penalty in Missouri as well. Now, probably his thinking there was, well, if I'm in Kansas and Kansas gets rid of the death penalty, I'll be okay. I'll end up doing life. If I'm in Kansas and Missouri with death sentences, chances are one of them isn't going to give it up and I could be executed. So he's on death row now in Kansas Mm -hmm. as we speak. 
But this is why he gave up uh, and pled out to these other murders. You know, this is an interesting guy because he went to a school, a preparatory seminary school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. In Chicago called Quigley Preparatory Seminary School. Okay. He was going to be a priest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. I mean, does this get any crazy? You can't make this stuff up. Okay. Wow. He drops out because of disciplinary issues. That's all that's known. Okay. Okay. This guy turns around, gets married, and has three children. Then he decides he wants to become an x-ray technician. So he turns around and goes to school to become an x-ray technician. And at that point, Mr. Robinson drops out of that school. Then, about a year later, he gets arrested for theft from a doctor's office that he's working for, for $33,000. Now, it looks as though he went to work for this doctor in the doctor's office as an x-ray technician, where he forged credentials, because don't forget he dropped out of school. Well, and he's a con man, right? So and he's a con man, <laughs> right? So, so he dropped out of school. He faked the credentials, went in there, got the job at this doctor's office. Do you know what he was doing there? And I mean, he was X-rays. Oh, okay. X-rays. <laughs> now, how he's doing these X-rays, I don't know, because he didn't finish school. But everybody's thinking he's doing the x-rays and they're fine with them until they find out they're short 33 grand. Okay, he stole 33 grand from the doctor. Doctor has him arrested. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting. He gets three years probation. Okay, he doesn't, he doesn't get any time. Gets three years probation. Of course, that's, uh, that's our system. He turns around, he leaves, he leaves Kansas City and he moves to Chicago. Without getting permission from probation. Now, mind you, he's on probation. Right. And there he takes a job as an insurance salesman. (laughs) Okay? Where he goes about his business and steals more money from the insurance company, swindles them, and gets arrested. Well, don't forget, he didn't tell probation he was even going to uh, Chicago. Right. Well, he right. gets returned to Kansas City. Guess what? They extend his probation, but there's still no time. This guy doesn't do a day in jail. So he's he slipping right through the cracks. Slipping through the cracks, okay? Yeah. So the message he's getting is there are no consequences to pay for your illegal behavior. He's getting rewarded. His illegal behavior is getting rewarded. I got to believe this guy had some kind of hook out there somewhere. Somebody was speaking for him because here's what happens. Then during the same period, now mind you, he's not off probation yet because it was extended. He gets arrested for a third time on mail and securities fraud connected to a phony medical consulting firm that he formed again in Kansas. Okay? Mm-hmm. Leo, he still doesn't do a day. Not, this the is The guy doesn't do a day in jail. 
This His probation is... gets extended again for a third time. Wow. He crime be... pays. Crime, crime pays, pays for this guy. Yeah, I guess. Now it gets good. Then he decides he's going to become a community-minded citizen and do <laughs> outreach for the community. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He becomes, what, did he have an epiphany of... Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, whatever, whatever, he must have got hit with a bolt or something here. I mean, he had an epiphany is, uh, is really the right word. So he's going to become a community-minded citizen, I'm saying. He becomes a scoutmaster. He becomes oh, a no. baseball coach. And he becomes a Sunday school teacher. Yeah, I mean, this guy's rolling right along. He's finally how, seen the light. Yeah. How altruistic can we be? He had to come to Jesus moment. Yeah, he had to come to, to the Lord moment is right. In 1977, he talks his way onto a board of directors for a charitable nonprofit organization. And he talks his way on to get on the board. Uh-huh. At this time... I guess is when he decided to leave the light, if you will. He turns around and forges a number of letters from his director, his executive director of the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. He also forges some letters from the mayor and also some other letters from other major civic leaders in Kansas City saying how great he was and how much he was doing for the community. All right? Now, eventually, he had himself named to the organization's Man of the Year. Now, is this guy slick or what? Wow. You can't take it away from this guy as far as being a very manipulative con artist. Okay, I mean, this guy's a kind man from the word go. And then right. at this point, after he becomes the man of the year, what do you think he does? You got me. What, he become president? Well, he's he's <laughs> up there at this point, mm-hmm. and he's running the board. He threw a festive awards dinner for himself, by himself, in his own honor. Now, let's <laughs> talk about some narcissism there. Well, yeah, we are definitely reeking of narcissism already to be this guy. Right. No conscience, no anything. Okay, go ahead. What else? So that was this great. guy at this point has never done a day in jail. In 1980, he gets arrested for embezzlement. Finally. Now, he's been on probation since 70s. Now it's 80, 10 years. He kept getting it extended. Now he gets a big 60 days in jail for embezzlement. At this point, he starts to kind of, uh, you know, flirt with his neighbor's wives where he's living. Okay. After he gets, after he does the 60 days, he gets out of jail. I guess in jail, he started having fantasies or he started thinking about some new cons or whatever. And I think this is when he really started to fantasize the fetish of bondage. 
This is where I think his bondage fetish really started kicking in. Well, I never and understood this, that one, but that's another show. Whatever the hell that's about, okay. <laughs> yeah, and bondage and domination. I think that's where his fantasy started kicking in. Mm-hmm. At this point, he starts proposition, propositioning, I'm sorry, his neighbor's wives. In which case, he ends up in a fist fight in the neighborhood with some of the husbands. Mm-hmm. He's out there trying to pay some of these housewives to have sex with him. He's propositioning them to get involved in some of his bondage stuff. Well, well I guess. The audacity. Yeah, okay. yeah right, right in his own neighborhood. Yeah, right next door. Talk about gall, okay? That point. At that point, here's where you come in. He finds the Internet. Ah, there's our link. He finds the Internet, and I believe, with no questions asked, he is the first Internet-stalking serial killer. Where, when was, Do you remember when that was? Was it about uh, late, not late 80s, early 90s, John? That was uh, later in the 80s, yeah. So that's about right, yeah. Okay, you think he's the first internet stalking serial killer. Serial killer. This is the nut job, right, that I'll let you tell more of the story, but he lured women in for more bondage and slaving and all of this other BS, whatever. (laughs) I call it BS. Right? And that wasn't how he... he Yeah, what he did is he joined a sadomasochism, I'm sorry, sadomasochism cult and became a slave master. One thing about this guy, wherever he goes, he shoots for the top. I mean, there's no middle ground for this guy. He worked his way up in the sadomasochism cult online as the slave master. And his duties included luring victims to gatherings, various gatherings that they were having, to be tortured. He wanted to have them at these gatherings so they could be tortured. They get off on it. Mm-hmm. And raped by other cult members. From 1987 to 1933. 1933, John? Or 1993. Did I say 33? Yeah, you're going backwards. Boy, I'm giving up my age. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He did do more time on this because at this point they're getting fed up with them. This guy's been in the system many times. Again, you got to give this guy credit how slick he is. He's in Kansas doing time in a prison when he meets this librarian who's married. He runs away from the prison with the librarian. Her name's Beverly Bonner. Well, here's another brain surgeon out there, right? I mean, what is it with these women? Okay, go ahead. He runs away with her. He waits till she gets divorced and she's collecting alimony. Then he turns around 
And he said she runs away with another guy. She completely disappeared. But he continually collects her alimony checks. She's never been heard from again. Okay. <laughs> Beverly Bonner. Okay. He walked her and sweet talked her right out of the prison library, got to leave her husband, ended up with him when he gets out of prison, gets her to get divorced and takes her alimony checks. This guy okay. is some wow. piece of work. You're not kidding. Yeah. I mean, his guy, he got an angle to everything. Yeah, no, this, this guy's a major, major player, okay? Mm-hmm. Then he goes on, you know, to meet a host of other women, and um, it's all through the Internet. Of course. Uh, of course. You know, he promises them jobs. He promises them wealth. He promises them he's going to take care of them. He even had... One mother and daughter situation, uh, and he, he, he was able to get them to come out to Kansas City with them. Well, they they, were, how did they do this? He lured them over? What yeah, the, he, how, they moved to him, right? A lot of these, someone, one woman came from Ireland or something over in, in his, uh, lord, from his emails. Poland. Am I right? Poland. Poland. Okay. Yeah, so he's, yeah. He was another troll. Lauren, what, what was the draw, though, for these women? Well, there's two things. One, they were all in to being slaves and being submissive. And they were looking for a master. So they so were they all were, in these in these chat rooms. Okay, so they were out there looking for slave masters or whatever. Exactly. And he okay. was known as the slave master. But also... All of them were looking for a job or to somehow make some money. Okay. He he was giving them. Okay. Go ahead. He was offering them this stuff. Yeah. He promised them jobs. He promised them he was wealthy and he would take care of them with this one woman that he moved out of California. Uh, you know, she had a little girl with spina bifida, 15 years old, and she was in a wheelchair. Do you know this lady followed him to Kansas City? Oh, and she brought the little girl in the wheelchair. They were with him for a while, and then they disappeared. So this, he's leaving a trail of missing women? Yes. Yes, his- he's, he's living a trail of missing women, but he always has an excuse. Oh, they, you know, met somebody else, or they decided to go somewhere. In fact, the woman from Poland was sending her mother over in Poland letters saying she was married. Well, what he did, he was already married. What he did is he somehow conned her into thinking that he and her were married through some fake marriage certificate that was never real. And what he did is he sent her mother letters and as you know, he would have them sign the letters, right, sign yeah. all these blank sheets of paper. Yes, right, right. What a con, my gosh. Yeah, and and then he finally, you know, one of his employees says, well, you know, what happened to, uh, you know, Beverly? Where did she go? What happened to her? And he turns on and says, oh, she got caught with marijuana and they extradited her back to Poland. Yeah. So okay. this guy always had an excuse. He would use these women until he couldn't use them anymore, and then he would kill them. He tortured them, mm-hmm. and then he killed them. 
Um, this guy turned around and also grabbed a nurse and uh, had the nurse for a while and then decided that he didn't need her any longer. Uh, her name, let's see what I have here now, is Suzette. Suzette he had for quite a while. And then he decided it was time that he had to move on with her. So she disappeared as well. Again, uh, the excuse was that she ran off with one of her acquaintances after she stole money from him. So, so this guy just has this history of conning women, bringing them in over the Internet, you know, too bad social side wasn't around then and people talking about it. Yeah, and then he try, he cons them. He gets them to follow him and he stays with them for a while. And then he ends up uh, taking whatever money they have, using them any way, shape he can to make a dollar. And then when he gets tired of them, he kills them. John, I want to stop you right there because I think we're about out of time. But this is a fascinating story. We're going to have to pick this up next week when we're back on, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. This is this is this is a very very extensive case. It really is, and you've done a lot of research on. It. I want to know more about this guy and these missing women, but we got to go for now. So please, everybody, visit us on uh, crimeandreason.com. That's crimeandreason.com. And I'm John, I'm Leo Battenhouse. Yeah, yeah, 1933, John Kelly. That's yeah, John Leo Kelly. Battenhouse. <laughs> so visit us next week. Thanks for listening tonight. Thank you. To Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.